Would you go with me in the scriptures please this evening to 1 Corinthians, the uh, 10th chapter, in praying and seeking the Lord about this week in these services. You know, we call it the Greater Faith Conference. And uh, what do you suspect we might be talking about? <laughs> I have it on my, my heart and mind to, to minister on some real faith classics. And uh, we'll see in 1 Corinthians here, the 10th chapter and the uh, 5th verse, why we talk about them. How many know 1 Corinthians is New Testament? 1 Corinthians 10. But here he's referring to the Old Testament. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse... uh, Five, it says, with many of them, talking about the Israelites that, under Moses' leadership that were delivered out of Egypt, with many of them, God was not well pleased. Let's just pause here, scriptorians. What does it take to please him? Anybody remember? Without faith, it's challenging. Huh? <laughs> It's impossible to please him. And they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were written for what? For who? Us. Our examples. To the intent we should not lust after evil things as they did. Neither be idolaters as were some of them. Verse 6. Neither commit fornication as some of them. Verse 9. Don't tempt Christ as they did. Some of them. Don't murmur like some of them murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happen to them for what? Examples. And they're written for who? Our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. So we're going to, unless the Lord says something different, we're going to go back and look at some of these examples. I can tell you the excitement is just <laughs> just, just building. <laughs> it would be a mistake to assume you already know this. Phyllis and I are, um, I guess what are we, uh, depending on when you start counting, we're either 38 or 40 years in ministry now. And we've been blessed to be in the faith camp this entire time and be around, in my opinion, some of the very best faith teachers and preachers on the planet, period. And uh, I I believe that's an emphasis in my call in ministry. You know, you, you can tell a lot about your call in place by who God joins you to. You know, he's not going to join you to some folks and then have you do something completely different <laughs> from what you were getting through them. I know when I was uh, first, the first year I taught at Raymond Bible Training Center, and I was working on my curriculum and, and lessons, and I didn't go to, uh, I, don't, I didn't get a, a degree in theology. And uh, so I thought, well, I, I'm, I need to be a little more broader 
read. I need to a little bit more widely read. And so I, I got me some big old thick books on theology. And <laughs> what are y'all laughing about? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I didn't want to. I'm, I'm teaching in a Bible school now. I didn't want to uh, come across dumb. And <laughs> I mean, no, you are what you are. <laughs> and uh, after a few months of that, I just, I didn't feel like I was making good progress. And, and uh, I, I asked the Lord about it in prayer one time, and he spoke to my heart. He said, Keith, I have many good ministries all over this planet. I could have joined you to any one of them I had chosen. I joined you here. Get this. <laughs> Come on, are y'all with me? Well, the ministry he joined me to was Kenneth Hagin Ministries at that time. And, and uh, his commission was and is, go teach my people faith. So I, I put all those big books on the shelf. And I got back out the books, what faith is. How your faith comes. Come on, y'all listen to me. The, the, the Lord said, I sent you here. Get this. And so... Um, Every part of the body has an emphasis, has a supply, and they're not all the same. And uh, actually, the Lord dealt with me. I was at a minister's conference a few years ago, and the Lord dealt with me about our ministry and, and people in the faith camp. If we don't preach and teach faith, there's other people anointed to preach other things. And if we don't preach faith, we're not bringing our supply for the body. And we won't be as anointed in grace to teach those subjects as other people are. And our ministries become, by degrees, irrelevant. Unless we emphasize what we're supposed to emphasize. Beware of getting sidetracked. Because it's the enemy's plan to dilute you. No, wherever he sent you. Get that. Get that. <laughs> right? Help your neighbor. Tell them, say, get that. Get, get that. Get that. Well, then don't be shocked when you come here and hear about faith. <laughs> well, after a number of years, like I said, of being around this, learning about it, growing in it, hearing it, teaching and preaching it, one of the big things I'm seeing more and more is how much among faith people there's a lack of faith. That is my observation. <laughs> more and more. And here's the thing. It's because knowledge of faith isn't faith. Faith isn't knowledge. Faith is not of the head. Scripture says, for with the heart. Remember Romans 10? For with the heart man believes. That's not intellect. That's not knowledge. And the Scripture warns us in James about being a hearer and not a doer. Because if you're a hearer only... The Bible said you deceive yourself 
And the deception is because I've been to 12 faith conferences and I've got 80 faith books is that I have faith. And it does not mean you have faith. And, and the enemy wants you to get lulled into a sense of, oh, I got this faith thing. But then can't figure out why things aren't working. It's a mystery. <laughs> not receiving and not receiving and not working and not advancing and if anybody brings up faith, oh yeah, I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm strong in faith. Really? The scripture says, when the Lord returns, shall he find faith in the earth? The scripture says, not all men have faith. Even though, someone said, what about the scripture said that God's given to, you know, everybody a measure of faith? Well, just because he's given it to you, doesn't mean you received it. And doesn't mean you developed it. Doesn't mean you did anything with it. No. Assuming everybody has faith. Is a giant mistake. And assuming. Because I've been around it. That I am strong in faith. And I am living by faith. And walking by faith. Is a big mistake. I know in my own life again and again, and I've had some, Phyllis and I have had some amazing exposure to faith. People who really do know faith and have faith and walk and live by faith. And yet time after time, the Lord has pointed out to me, you're not in faith. After decades of hearing it and preaching it, the Lord pointed out to me, no, uh-uh, no. I remember one day I was, I was in my car going somewhere, and I remember I was getting on the, uh, the on-ramp onto the interstate. And uh, you know how you can have something going on in your heart and head at the same time you're doing something else. And I was, I was irritated about something. I had been believing for something for quite a while, and it wasn't happening. In fact, it looked like it was further from it than it was a year and a half ago. And, and I thought, I just said, Lord, you know, what about this? He spoke to me. I don't mean to heard a voice, but he spoke to me in my heart. He said, Keith, frustration isn't faith. Faith isn't frustrated. Let's just take this one phrase. Why isn't it working? Yes, sir. Come on, help me out, friends. Why isn't it working? I've been believing. You've been believing what? You obviously don't believe you've received it. You believe it's not working. Out of the abundance of the heart. It just popped right out of your mouth. Why isn't it working? You don't believe. I do too. No, you don't. As I do. No, you don't. <laughs> Unbelief is insidious, it's subtle. It's we live in an environment saturated with fear and unbelief. All you got to do to get full of fear and unbelief is quit endeavoring to resist it. Just just relax and go passive 
And you will grow, you'll become negative just like that. And nobody around you in the world will even notice it. You're just fitting in with them. Is that right? The world is filled with negative and unbelief. Where you stand out is when you start talking positive. You start talking faith. Because that's a foreign language in this environment controlled by the devil. And it's why the scripture says we must fight. The good fight. What do you got to fight? You're not fighting God. You're not trying to twist his arm to get him to give you anything. He's already bought it. He's already paid for it. Who, what are we fighting? Who are we fighting? We're not supposed to fight flesh and blood. What are we fighting? Casting down. Imaginations. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and of Christ and of the word. Things will tell you it ain't working. It's not happening. It'll never happen. Fill your body. Look at that pile of bills. Listen to what they say about you. Look, look at your ministry. Look at your church. Look at that. Nobody enjoyed that. <laughs> every, every preacher I have ever had any personal interaction with, I've heard the same thing. I don't care how big their ministry is. The devil tells all of us. You get through preaching, he tells you, oh, that was lousy. That was... <laughs> If I was you, I wouldn't even go back again. That was, that was pitiful. <laughs> he, he tells that to everybody. You need to tell him you're a liar. Well, how do I fix all these insecurities? You get in faith. You get in faith. What do you mean? The Bible said, God said, my word will not return to me. Void. Oh, come on, my, my word will not... Re- if I got up and by faith read and spoke some scriptures, yeah. even if I made a hundred mistakes and floundered all over the place, if I will stay in faith after my message, God, the Holy Spirit's going to be working with people and unveiling and revealing things beyond me because he said, somebody say, he said, he said, my word won't return void. It'll prosper in the thing I sent it to do. It'll accomplish what I sent it to do. And and you've got to resist those feelings of weariness. You've got to resist even the ugly grounds that people sin. Right? I've had people write me and tell me the body of Christ would be far better off if you would get out of the ministry. You're just confusing and twisting the scriptures and hurting people. <laughs> now I could look at that and go, he doesn't know me. I'm laying down my life for the gospel. You're just being an unbelieving baby. And you'll do your people no good. Faith is bold. Faith is courageous. Faith is strong. You pastors, leaders, you must not come to your pulpit and drape over it and go, y'all pray for me. 
you know, I'm, I'm sure any of y'all could do, do as good or better than me today, but I'm going I'm to do the best I know how. And y'all pray for me. Well, why? <laughs> There's nothing to hook up with. Come on, y'all with me or not? There's nothing to hook faith with. If you're not believing, how can I believe with you? I didn't intend to say any of this. <laughs> this is the introduction. <laughs> Faith is the most wonderful thing. It's how God himself functions. It's how he has commanded us to live and walk. It is the only way to please him. It's the way to lay hold. It is the way to access all grace has given us. Can you say amen? Amen. Romans 5 verse 1. Romans 5 1 says, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access. Everybody say access. Access. Access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. Ephesians 3.12 says a similar thing, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Confidence is another word for faith. Boldness is another word. Faith is not wimpy. Faith is bold, not arrogant, but confident. Confident. And faith lays hold of what's been given to us by grace. I, in seeking the Lord about simplicity in understanding of grace and faith, the Lord quickened this to me recently. Back, I don't know, it's been 30 years or so ago now, a young man who was helping me in the ministry, the Lord prompted me, I know he did, to give him a watch. That I had. It was the best watch I had at the time. And uh, I appreciated him and valued him, and the Lord prompted me to do that. And so I called him one day after the service. I said, Brother, I said, uh, I pulled my watch off and I said, uh, Do you like this watch okay? And he said, Oh, that's a fine watch, Brother Keith. I said, uh, I would like to sew that to you. I believe the Lord has prompted me to sew this to you. He looked at me, hung his head. He said, I can't receive that, Brother Keith. I said, uh, sure you can. You just open your hand. <laughs> I got it right here. I'll put it in there. You close it, you'll have it. He said, no, no, that's just, that's an expensive watch, isn't it? I said, yeah, it's a nice watch. He said, I, I just, I just don't. I don't feel right about a wearing an expensive watch like that. And he said, I'm sorry. And I, I asked him another time or two, and I saw he, he's, he's set on this. He's not receiving. And, and I love this brother. Don't you misunderstand me. He's a good brother. I love him. I'm not saying anything negative about it. That's been, what, 30 years ago. And, but the Lord brought this up to me just a week or so ago. And he asked me, he said, uh, did that brother ever enjoy that watch? I said, no. He said, it was because you didn't want him to have it. 
I said, no, I wanted him to have it. It was because you didn't give it to him. I said, no, you know I gave it to him. He said, that's grace and faith. Grace gave it to him. But you'll never enjoy any of grace unless you receive it by faith. Come on, can y'all see this, friends? Grace, the biggest way to describe grace is gift. Gifts. Grace is everything God has freely given us. But if everything is only based on grace, then everybody will be saved. Because Jesus paid the price for everybody's sins. But everybody won't be saved. The only people who will enjoy salvation are the people who receive. They get, come on, can you say amen? They receive the gift. Healing's been provided for everybody. But the only people who will enjoy it and experience it are the ones who receive it by faith. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Is it because, and see, millions are believing because they're not enjoying it. They're believing God doesn't want them to have it for some reason. They're believing God hasn't given. They're trying, still begging, trying to get him to give it to them. He has already given us everything. All things that pertain unto life and godliness. He's already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. He doesn't need to buy or get or pay for anything. It's all been done. Somebody say it's all been done. It's all been done. But you won't enjoy any of it except what you access and lay hold of by faith. And we see that in these examples that he's talking about. Go with me back, if you would, to the book of Numbers. And let's begin looking at these examples. And these examples are both of unbelief, what not to do, and they are examples of faith, what to do. Numbers, the 13th chapter. Can anybody get stirred up about numbers? (laughs) Numbers, 13. Numbers 13, the Lord spoke to Moses and he said, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Not I'm going to. If you look at Deuteronomy and the first couple of chapters there, he said, I have given it to you. Then he said, now go up and possess it. What grace has given must be possessed by faith. He said, uh, which I give to the children of Israel of every tribe of their fathers shall you send a man, every one a ruler among them. And so it tells each one of the rulers. And they were also rulers of thousands. These were prominent men in their tribes. And down in verse 17, Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, get you up this way southward and go up to the mountain and see the land. What land? What land? God's been telling them about this land <laughs> from the time he began to work to bring them out of Egyptian bondage. He's been telling them about a land. 
I'm going to read you some other scriptures eventually, but I, I can't wait to get to it. He said, I have searched out and found you a land. Personally picked out by the Creator. How many know the Creator knows the best real estate? He made it. Is that right? You talk about location, location, location. And nobody knows the location like the Almighty. And he said, I have picked you out of land. And he said, this land is not like the one you're coming out of where you've got to irrigate and you've got to pump water with your foot. He said, I rain on this land. I give it the early rain and the latter rain. I give it the soft shower. I, I cause the sun to shine just right. He said, it is the land that flows with milk and honey. What's this a type of? We know these are examples. We know these are types. What is a type of? If they had a Canaan land, milk and honey land, we got a Canaan land, milk and honey land. And the, uh, the type is not better than the real thing. What is the land that flows with milk and honey? It's not a, it's not a bare subsistence life. Is it? <laughs> he said, go see. The Lord told us, but I want you to go confirm it. And uh, see what kind of people there are that dwell there. See, this is before the days of Google. <laughs> Ain't nobody seen this land. <laughs> nobody knows. Nobody's seen this at all. They don't know who's there, what's there. It's all a mystery to them. All they know is God said, go there. I've given it to you. And it's good. And how does faith come? And you would think, well, that's a simple thing to do. It's a good land. I've given it to you. But hundreds of thousands of people refuse to believe that. They shut down and refuse to believe that. Again, that's a type. That's an example. Are there people today refusing to believe how good God is? God is so good. Many have decided it's too good. To be true. And are quick to believe lies. That God wants them to suffer. With sickness they've been redeemed from. Wants them to suffer. With poverty and lack. Because it's developing piety. And when they hear. Healing is yours. Abundance is yours. Millions. Of church going people. That are thoroughly saved. They think you and I are in error. Why? Because we believe too good. We believe the Canaan's land of life in Christ is a land that flows with milk and honey. Is it heaven? No, it ain't heaven. There's some giants. There's some walls. There's some stuff you got to deal with and overcome, but it's a good land. It's a good life. 
Jesus said, the thief comes not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. But I'm come. Out of Jesus' own mouth, why did he come? Jesus, why did he come? So you could suffer and develop your piety. There is a suffering according to the will of God, Peter talks about. But it's not suffering from the curse of the law that you've been redeemed from. It's suffering being persecuted. And if you really go all out for God, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And there's a lot of ways you can hurt. But being sick doesn't have to be one of them. And being broke doesn't have to be one of them. Even if your stuff is confiscated for your faith, you know how you got that. You can get some more. (laughs) Come on, are y'all with me enough? He said, so go see. Go see. They few or many, strong or weak. What the land is. Is it good or bad? What God say? He said it's good. And cities that they dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds. And what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether there's wood, the forest in there or not. And be of good courage and bring us back some samples. Bring us back some samples. Fruit of the land. Because it was the time of the first ripe grapes. Real convenient. I need to stop and lead you in a prayer. There's a number of people who think they know this. Do you want revelation? And insight to see any unbelief that's been in your way. And been in God's way. And what real faith is. Okay, let me lead you in a prayer. Say, Father God, God, open my eyes eyes to see things I have not seen seen in these passages, in these these accounts, in these these examples. examples. I want to know where I've been in unbelief. I want to know what real faith is. I do not presume to know all about faith. I'm your student. I'm your disciple. I ask you for it. I believe I receive it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Yeah, I didn't I didn't finish on something. The Lord reminded me just then. Put on the screen, please, John the eighth chapter, please. John 8, in talking about what we we mentioned in the introduction, faith is not knowledge. The Lord pointed out to me John 8.32. Anybody know what John 8.32 says? Help me out. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. This is one of the most quoted verses in the Bible. Unbelievers quote this verse. They do, without any reference to the truth of God, truth in their mind. You know what is a despicable term? My truth. That's a despicable term. Truth is not relative. It's either true or it's not. 
That's another message. But to just quote this like this and equate knowledge and truth to the cause and result of freedom is wrong. It is pulling this out of context and leaving off a super important part of it. The previous verse. Verse 31. Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him. If. Everybody say if. If is a condition. If you what? Continue in my word. The Amplified says if you abide in my word. Listen to what the complete Jewish Bible says. If you obey what I say. What's the next verse? You'll know the truth. Truth will make you free. You can't separate it from this. If you obey what I say. God's word translation in verse 31 says. If you live by what I say. You are truly my disciples. You'll know the truth. And the truth will make you free. Can you see what I mean by just pulling that 30 second verse. Out of there. You leave a wrong impression. That if you know some truth, it will make you free. That's not true. You have to be a doer. And faith without action is dead. You have to be a doer. And this is an issue in our camp. Because we've heard about faith. We got faith books. Right? Yes. We got faith tape series. We've preached and taught on faith. Does that mean you're full of faith? No. You can have a head full of knowledge about faith and your heart not be full of faith and you're not living by faith and you're not walking by faith. But if you go to these scriptures, these examples, you can help identify where you are by your mouth. By your mouth and by your action or lack of it. And we just prayed. Do you believe the Lord's showing us? He's going to show us just like he showed me that day. I, I mean, I, I'm a little bit irritated about it, you know, because, you know, I just got through preaching on faith. I'm a faith man. Yes, I am. <laughs> and I'm saying, Lord, you know, I'm, I'm believing you on this. I'm he said, Keith, faith is not frustrated. Well, I am frustrated. So what does that mean? No matter what I think, I'm not in faith. Because if I was in faith, we which have believed do enter into rest. If I was really in faith, I'd breathe the sigh of relief. And I'd say, it's done. None of this, why isn't it working? What's wrong? No. Just because we're faith church, faith ministry, got faith stickers, doesn't mean we're actually living by faith. Faith is not knowledge. Faith is of the heart. Faith is a spirit. Spirit of faith. We having the same spirit of faith as the patriarchs. The scripture said, I believed, therefore I've spoken. We also got the same spirit. We believe and we speak. And we're not speaking doubt and fear and unbelief. We're speaking boldness, confidence. Somebody needs to say this right now. 
My body will serve me well all the days of my life. <laughs> Organs live and function normally. Brain be renewed. Be restored. Mind be quick, sharp, bright. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I have the mind of Christ. I am the justified. And the memory of the just is blessed. Just because your body gets older. Does not mean you should become weak minded. You should become stronger. In spirit. Sharp in mind. Yeah if you're 80. You're not 21. But you should be even brighter in mind. Why? Though the outward man is perishing and wearing out, that's not happening to the inward man. Come on out with me or not. You haven't aged a day since you were born again as far as getting old and wearing out. The inward man is renewed day by day. Hallelujah. And on the list of main benefits, when he said, bless the Lord for getting out all his benefits, he forgives all my iniquities. He heals all my diseases. Right? He redeems my life from destruction. He renews my youth. Hallelujah. My strength and my youth. Glory to God. Watch what you say. Watch what you say. Watch what you say. And the time when you most need to speak the right thing is when it doesn't look like it. And it doesn't feel like it. That's when the time you most need to say it. Hallelujah. So can you see what we're talking about? He said in John 8.31, if you live by what I say. The Living Bible says, if you live as I tell you to. The Complete English says, if you keep on obeying what I have said... You'll know the truth. And the we says you'll know the truth in an experiential way. You won't know about the truth. You will experience the truth. And that will liberate you. That will make you free. But it doesn't begin just by knowing some things. It begins by being willing to be a disciple of the Lord and apply what he tells you to do. You hear it, you get excited, and that is not the end. You do it. You put it into practice, you do it as a daily thing, and when you do that, he said, you really are my disciples. What does that mean? There's the people who say they are, who are not. You really are, and what will happen? You will get experience of that truth you're walking in, and that will set you free. Not just hearing a few verses and committing them to memory. I know recently Mike and I went to school on that, on that baby jet and uh, did a typewriting on it. And it came so clear to me while I was in there. The way they, they do that is you'll be in ground school for days. And all you're doing in ground school is in the books, in the books, in the books. And you're learning about systems and you're learning about how the plane does this. 
And man, especially after you're there all day long, you know, day after day. And especially after days of this, and of course we were studying before we went, you can get the feeling like, I know this plane pretty good, but you hadn't flown it yet. Anybody awake? You hadn't flown this plane yet. But because you're hearing it all the time, and you're even taking tests, and maybe you made a good grade on your test, and you're thinking, oh man, yeah, I got this little plane, I know it. You've never even flown it yet. So you know about it, but you got no experience. Come on, can you see this? Then later on, they put you in the simulator, which is exactly like the airplane. I mean, you're in there for a few minutes, you forget it's a simulator. It looks and feels like the plane, for the most part. And you take off, and you're trying to remember what the book said. And then they fail this. And then this goes wrong. And you get a revelation. (laughs) Doing is way different from learning about. Come on, can y'all see that? And it came so clear to me, that's where the body of Christ is. We've got so many people that have been to ground school. And they just keep going to ground school. Then they go to ground school. Then they go to ground school. And the Lord says, well, come on, let's fly this thing now. Uh, Let's go back to ground school. (laughs) Let's read. Let's make some notes. How many understand you're in ground school right now, tonight? This this ain't flying the plane. Just because you read all the books on how to drive a car. Doesn't mean you know how to drive a car. How many the first time you actually got behind the wheel, you realize, whoa, where's that fender at? You're trying to get your depth perception in. Where was that in the book? Nobody said anything about that. Somebody's going to perform a neurosurgery on you. Would it be okay with you that they have read every book? And they, they aced every test. But they'd never done one. They'd never actually performed one surgery. How many understand when you actually start to do it, you get revelation you don't get reading the book. And you get understanding of how to apply what you've learned. It's not just a theory anymore. Can you see what he's saying? If you will do what I say, then you'll experience the truth. And that'll result in you being totally free. You will see the results of it. But just coming and learning and taking notes. And if you stop there. You can get to thinking. I I got this faith stuff. That's not living by faith. Going to faith seminars. Reading faith books. Is not living by faith. You've learned some things. To apply. And you see here. With the children of Israel. They got. Stirred up about this promised land. There was a buzz throughout the tribes. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. It's awesome. God said so. And after hundreds of years of being somebody's property, now you're going to own your own place, your own vineyards, your own crops. You're going to be a landowner, not just any land, not just a patch of desert. Hills and streams, forests. 
rich farmland. Come on, are y'all with me? They're excited about it. Up until the time it came to actually exercise some faith. As long as you're just talking about it and saying amen, we don't know. A lot of times you'll see people, you know, man, man, they're the loudest ameneer, they're the biggest note taker, and then the issue hits them, and they just fall apart and go, I don't understand, I'm a faith person, this is not supposed to be happening to me. No, honey, faith people don't talk like that. This is the first opportunity you've had since learning those things to implement this, and you are not doing well. Faith is not for the faint-hearted. I don't think I've ever said that like that. Faith is not for the faint-hearted. Faith, real faith in God, makes you courageous. It makes you bold. It makes you strong. It'll enable you to persevere through times and tests and trials. And you'll just keep on keeping on. And not be moved. Somebody say, that's me, that's me. That's me. That's me. Come on, say it out loud by faith. I don't just talk about faith. I actually live by faith. I don't just learn about faith. I actually walk by faith. Remember the scripture said also that there were individuals who were ever learning and never able. To come to the knowledge. And that's experiential knowledge. Of the truth. Always learning. But never experiencing it. That's not okay. We're not going to be like that are we? Always learning. Always learning. Always learning. Must apply. Oh but it's a wonderful thing. When you get to ground school. And they hone you over several days in that sim. And after that, and you've been through fires, and you've been through failures, and you've been through ice, and you've been through snow and rain and wind and wind shear and all this kind of stuff. Then, if you, you know, get your type rating and you get out to the plane and it's a nice sunny day and you've got a good sound airplane, you feel pretty good about this. You've been through the fire. You've been through the flood. And it's not just book knowledge anymore. You're, they tell us muscle memory is more reliable than mental memory. Did you hear that? You, you train something. The military has known this for you know, a long time. You train something over and over again. You get in a situation of duress where you can't even have think. Your body will just do it. Well, the scripture tells us in Hebrews, we can have our senses, spiritual senses, exercised, hallelujah, to the point where you know it's true. You you hang around the wrong stuff. You see Christians hang around, feeding on the wrong stuff, and pressure comes, they'll cuss. Don't look at me like that. And they'll go, oh, I didn't mean that. Why? Their, their ears and their, their being's been trained in it, trained in it, trained in it. Well, you can be trained in the other. You can shut that off. And you can be so trained in the Word of God that when pressure comes on, out on you, you just start declaring the Word of God. You just start speaking faith. 
comes out of you before your head even catches up. Do you want to be like that? Glory to God. Well, that's not just knowledge. That's the spirit of faith coming up in you when you need it. Go back to Numbers, please. Hallelujah. Numbers 13. Is this precious word of God? Is the word of God life? Is it life? Is this an example for me and you? Yes, it is. And are you about to see something? That's going to open your eyes. And help you to identify the devices of the enemy. And eliminate any remaining unbelief. About your per Come on. We, let's be on a, a mission. Is that right? Stamp out. Unbelief. Zero tolerance. For fear and unbelief. Somebody say zero tolerance. Zero, zero tolerance. He said. Uh, go check it out. Bring us back some samples. So verse 21. They went up. They searched the land from the wilderness of Zin. And Rehob. And they come to Hamath. And they ascended by the south. And uh, they came to Hebron. Which was not Jewish at that time. Where Ahiman, Shishai, Talmai, the children of Anak were. Now Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. And they came to the brook of Eshcol and cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes. And they bear it between two upon a staff. That's milk and honey. This one thing here exemplifies the whole land. You talk about produce. <laughs> How many would like to have some of those grapes right now? I mean, no pesticides. No, no. You talk about organic, brother. <laughs> no, no disease on them. And it was one cluster that just kept developing, developing. And they brought some pomegranates, and they brought some figs, samples. And the place was called the Brook Eshcol because of the cluster of grapes which the children of Israel cut down from thence. And they returned from searching of the land after 40 days. So they had a good look at it, a month and a half or so. And they, they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel. And you've got to realize that for all these weeks now, everybody has just been you know, ready to hear about this land because everything's been leading up to this. All of the judgments on Egypt, all of the miracles that it took to get them out for months and their travels and trek thus far, it's all been leading up to this. This is the big grand finale. We're here. He's given it to us. It's amazing. So here they come. And they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and they showed them the fruit of the land. So there's hundreds of thousands of people out here. And so they probably formed lines and they're making their way around and everybody's talking about the big bunch of grapes. Did you see those grapes? I never saw grapes like that. Well, God said, God said it's a good land. Did you see those pomegranates? Man, I want me some of those pomegranates. See those figs? Boy. And they're marveling over it. 
And so then they're going to give the report. So everybody gets quiet. Hush, hush, hush. And they're giving the report. They said, we came to the land where you sent us. They're telling Moses and everybody's hearing it. And surely it flows with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. How many of this should be? No surprise. Because God told you. He told you. He told you. This is a type of our life in Christ now. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it in abundance to the full until it overflows. Amplified says, have and enjoy life to the full until it overflows. I was was in another country a while back and the Lord prompted me to preach on this. I said, is God bicycle good? They got to realize a lot of people there didn't have a bicycle. Somebody said, yeah. I said, absolutely he is. He's bicycle good. I said, is that as good as he is? Is that as good as he can be? I said, is he, uh, is he car good? One of the preachers said, yes. <laughs> Amen. I said, yes, he is. I said, is he Chevrolet good? <laughs> they said, yes. I said, is he Cadillac good? Few people said yes. <laughs> I said, is he Bentley good? Is he Rolls Royce good? It got quite got quiet in the house. Quiet. Quiet. With all of us, there's a point. And the question is, is he really that good? Because it's subtle, it's subtle how the enemy will try to get you to hide lack of vision and unbelief with the I don't really care. You know, I don't, I don't. Well, that's convenient because you know, now you don't even have to use your faith. Isn't that convenient? And there's this false humility about, well, I'm more spiritual than that. I don't care about all those material things. And there's an implication is, and you should be more like me. And sell that and put that in the ministry. Everything's relative. You could sell something and put it in the ministry. You got three cans of beans? You could give one of them cans in the ministry. Two loaves of bread? One of them could go. No, it's deception. Why are you talking about that, Brother Keith? Because this land was so good. That people choked on it. And when they ran into some resistance. They decided no it's it's not really for us. Rather than find the courage and faith that it took. To go on and possess it anyhow. You got to be persuaded. Just like a bulldog. That finds a good bone. He's persuaded of two things. That bone is good. Tell me what else he's persuaded of. That bone is mine. (laughs) That bone is mine. (laughs) And what God wanted is for them to be completely persuaded that the land was good. Right? And it was was better than anything they'd ever seen before. But you got to go another step. You must not only believe that God is... What else have you got to believe? 
You got to believe he is a rewarder of them that seek him, diligently seek him. You, you got to believe that I can have what I lay hold of, what, what he's given me. You got to believe he's that good. Somebody say, he is that good. Is he efficiency good? <laughs> is he three bedroom apartment good? Is he rent house good? Is he owning your own home good? Is he eight bedroom, ten acre estate good? Well, I, you know, I, I don't. Remember the brother that wouldn't receive the watch? Folks do without. Not because God didn't want you to have it. Not because he didn't already provide for it. This wrong thinking. This wrong believing. So here they declare it. It's good, just like the Lord said. It, and here you see the evidence of it. Nevertheless, here's where it all went wrong. But <laughs> it is. Now this is this is them publicly giving the the report of their examination of the land. They said it is. It is. Uh, it's extraordinary. It's got forests. It's got streams. The climate's wonderful. I, I suspect it was quite a bit different even than it is today. I'm sure it was. And it, it's amazing. Well, you see. You see that cluster of grapes. You see the pomegranates. You see the figs. But. Now, when you say but like that, what does that mean? Everything I just said doesn't matter because we're never going to see it. But but the people that live there, they are strong. And they got cities that are walled and very great. And we also saw the children of Anak there. When they said that, there went a murmur through the crowd. Anak? No. They're still around? <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was a fairy tale. <laughs> no. The Amalekites are in the south. You got the Hittites. You got the Jebusites. You got the Amorites in the mountains. Canaanites are by the sea. What's he saying? You got big, well-armed well-fortified people everywhere. It's already occupied. What are they saying? Ain't going to happen. Fighting the good fight of faith, there are crucial points. When you hear certain reports, how you respond to them can be where it's made or broken. You know, uh, when the uh, Many, many times in our life, whether it's our people or people we know or friends, you get this terrible report, something bad just happened, terrible car wreck. And uh, when you first hear it, everybody say first hear it. When you first hear it, you got a choice. Is that right? Because fear would try to jump on you, will it? I don't care who you are. 
Fear will come try to jump on you. And all these thoughts will flood you. And what comes out of your mouth. In the next 10 seconds. 30 seconds. 2 minutes. That you believe. Can make or break this thing. Happened to you guys didn't it? You got word that your son. Was in an accident. Head on collision. Tell me. Drunk driver hit him head on. Drunk driver hit him head on. Going in the wrong direction. Yeah. And we got a phone call saying, is your son named Jerome? We said, yes. They said, get here as fast as you can because he's still breathing. Yeah. And I said to my wife, I said, I don't know what we're going to see when we go on the accident, but we will not fear. We will not fear. We refuse to fear. We refuse to fear. It looked bad. Looked like it was too late and over. He's alive and well and healthy today. Hallelujah. Somebody say glory to God. There's a lot more to that testimony. But I remember them saying that when they got that call and they heard that and they're driving over there, the the battle is right there hitting them. What are you going to say? Oh, my God. Is he already dead? Oh, what are we going to do? It's no coincidence that a lot of times people start out by using the Lord's name in vain. Oh, my God is using the Lord's name in vain. If you're not talking to him or about him, you shouldn't use that phrase. It's time to speak. And not just say anything off the top of your head. It's time to check down in here. Right? And if you don't know what to say, just check. You remember when they were putting the pressure on Jesus? He just stooped down and wrote. And didn't respond to him. I believe until he got what to say. Then he stood up and he spoke the words from God. It silenced all of them. There is a right thing to say. In response to every situation. And you won't get it out of your head. You won't get it from other people in fear. You'll get it from the greater one on the inside of you. Hallelujah. He leads in peace. He leads in strength. Hallelujah. And you access it. This grace we're talking about. By faith. By faith. You don't have to know all the details. You don't have to know everything to do for the rest of the day or the rest of the month. But you do know the correct response to every situation. Faith. Faith in God. I'm going to trust God. What's going to happen on this? He's going to show me what to do. He's going to tell me what to say. I'm going to say it. We're going to do it. He will do what he always does. And when the dust clears, I'll be standing here with the victory. Because he always causes me to triumph. Somebody say always, always. It's just what I said. I didn't have to know any particulars yet. I'm just saying I'll know. He'll show me. We'll do it. We'll get it. God's faithful. He's got us through many a scrap. He'll get us through this. Is that right? He's done it over and over again. I'm choosing and you are choosing to believe instead of doubt, instead of fall apart. And in many situations, even your other family and friends, they are falling apart. God needs somebody that's going to believe him. That somebody is you. No matter what kind of thoughts and feelings are bombarding you, you're going to bite your lip and not talk any fear and unbelief. And you're going to lean back on the everlasting arms. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
And you're going to believe him to show you the next step. And you're going to take that step and the spirit of God's going to take your hand and lead you right out of that dark place into victory. Come on, sit out loud. Yea, Yay. though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Tell me the next thing. What? I will fear no. We might say it like this. I will not fear. Evil is any bad thing. I will not fear any bad thing. And that's not a feeling. You, you can have the hair standing up on the back of your neck. Goosebumps on your knees bumping together. And that's when it's all the more critical to say, I refuse to fear. Fear? Get out of here. I refuse to fear. I refuse. And when you, the moment you do that, then the comforter is able to manifest. Peace passes understanding. Keeping your heart and your mind through the anointed one. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, would, would God, everybody knew this in their time of crisis. Because elsewise the human mind fails. And the soul and emotions can be overloaded. Don't care who you are. And even though you might start out doing good, you know, in a few days, you can fade fast. And the strongest can just be so fatigued that they quit. But, but, with God, He doesn't faint. He doesn't get weary. Hallelujah. And those that wait on Him, and those that are connected to Him, focus on Him, they'll mount up. Somebody say, mount up, mount up, mount up. Mount up. They'll catch an updraft. Updraft. Get them a vertical speed of about five, six thousand foot a minute and just. Don't take much of that until you are way up high. Looking down on that little problem. Seated with Christ. In heavenly places and you say, it's going to be all right, isn't it, Lord? He said, yes, it is. It's great. I've already got it. <laughs> Say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Here is where it went wrong. We won't get into it tonight, but the Lord said that them doing this was the tenth major time. That they had refused to believe him. And it was much for him. Not that God just said I've had it with you. Because his mercies endures forever. But he knows when people are not going to change. And that's why he will do what he does. That is mentioned in Revelation. Did you notice? That it says that the uh, the devil is going to be bound by an angel with chains and cast into the pit for a thousand years, and when he is loosed, you know what he's going to do? The devil immediately after a thousand years, after all of this, he immediately goes to deceive and lead a rebellion. Same thing he has done for millennia. We don't know how far past. What does that show you? He is never going to change. Never. So there's no salvation for him. And the Lord said 
to those that follow him, enter into the kingdom prepared for you. And to those who won't receive him, and there'll come a point where they never will, you will go and be with the damned, with the devil and his angels. Why? Because you, like them, will never change. I don't know when that is in a person's life. You don't either. But God does. He does. And I assure you, you don't want people trying to incite a rebellion living beside you in glory. It, it changed what it's supposed to be. So what happened, the 10 is a number of completion. And he said, this is the 10th time you have done this. And he knew it wouldn't matter if it was 12 or 15 or 83. This group, this generation is going to do the same thing every time, which is why they couldn't move on until that entire generation died out. Not because God wasn't merciful. It's because he knew, he did give them many opportunities. And every human being's life is that way. You have many opportunities. They said, the giants are there. Walled cities are there. And at that point, wonder what it felt like in the crowd. They've been the hype has been about the promised land for all this time, and then they see the fruit and they hear about it, it, it's just as good as what we thought. It's better than what we thought, and then they say, "But it's not going to happen." There would have been a you you could have felt it. There would have been a tangible fall and a despair. Anytime you hear something and it takes away your joy, you're getting robbed. Anytime you hear something and it takes away your peace, you're being robbed. Don't let the devil rob you. And the thing is, he'll try to use people. Even people maybe that mean well, but come and try to talk some sense into you. You can't believe for that big thing. Who said God wants you to have that big thing? Because it's beyond their faith. It's too big. Too big. Too big for who? <laughs> too big for God? Maybe just too big for them. But you, you can tell it. Words that you hear. And it starts causing you to feel. Uh, you feel a, a depression. Or a despair. Or you're not as excited as you were before you heard that. You need to go into resist mode. You need to stir up and go, no you don't, no you don't. You don't rob my vision from me. You don't take my joy from me. No. And there are times you need to shut it off. Shut it down. I don't care who they are. You need to say, look, I don't want to talk about this anymore with you. No, I'm not talking about this anymore with you. And then you need to go find your faith buddy. And if you don't have faith buddies, you need to get some faith buddies. Faith buddies have code talk. What do you mean? Instead of getting on social media or on the phone or texting or whatever, you know, telling everybody how bad it is and them agreeing with you how terrible it is, you just call them up. I know that's a quaint idea nowadays, but (laughs) you actually call them and say, uh, 
Because you need to hear the sound of their voice. And you, you call them and say, hey, um, tell me again how healed I am. <laughs> and that's all they need. They, they're going, oh, you healed, healed? You're so healed? Healed people call you healed. Let me tell you. <laughs> And you can tell, the Bible says, nourished up in the words of faith. If it's from God, it's going to put faith in you. It's from the enemy, it's going to take faith out of you. Can you see that? And the joy of the Lord, your strength. And if it's from the Lord, it's going to put joy in you. It's going to put peace in you. It's going to help you relax. It's going to help you cast your care over on the Lord. And if it's agitating you, if it's trying to put fear in you, don't let it continue. Shut it off. Somebody say, shut it off. Shut it off. Shut it off. I know in watching things, depending on where I am, if I'm believing for something, if I'm watching the news or I'm hearing or somebody's talking a conversation, if anything comes up, this negative concerning what, uh, what I'm believing, I, if I can't control it, I get out of the room. I get out of the room. If I can control it, I just shut it down, shut it off. Why? It's not that I'm afraid to hear it. I just know words matter. And I know spiritual influences are real. And I'd be foolish to think that I'm just going to stand. How many understand Eve should not have just hung out there and listened to the devil talking to her about the fruit? She's brilliant. She's amazing. And yet nobody can afford that. You need to know when you sense something that's trying to chew on your faith or mess with you, if you can't control it, get out of there. Get out of there now. If you can control it, shut it down. And find somebody that will talk faith with you or do like David, encourage yourself. <laughs> Is that right? In the Lord. Encourage yourself in the Lord. <laughs> Verse 30. We looked at the unbelief example. How about the faith example? Come on, let's, let's don't end the night without a good faith example. Let's don't leave it there. Everybody was so excited. Everybody's jazzed about the grapes. <laughs> and then they heard about the walls and the giants and everybody just eyes glazed over. What does that mean? What does that mean? That means we ain't going in. <laughs> no. We come all this way. I'm sorry, baby, but no. Giants. Do I look like I can handle a giant? You want to die? But Caleb, Caleb sensed the depression that came to sit on the people. And Caleb stood up and he stilled the people. Well, why did he need to still them? There, there's, a, there's a rumbling throughout the hundreds of thousands of people, you know, scoffing and, and, and you know, saying negative stuff and the, the atmosphere is just full of fear, unbelief. Caleb gets up and says, listen, listen, no hush, shh, still, hush. He, ha- he had to make an effort to still him. Wow. Finally, they're looking at him with an indignant look. He said, 
Let's go now. (laughs) Now that is a different spirit. Let's go right now and get it. Because we are well able to get it. Let's go get it. Let's go get it now. Now Let's just pause He saw the same thing they saw. He saw the same giants. He saw the same walled cities. He saw saw the same thing. Why so different? To hear some people talk, you'd think they have more trouble than anybody else has. Because of how awful they talk about how it is all the time. And other people, you barely hear them talk about any issues. And you think, well, that doesn't seem fair. The Bible says we're experiencing the same trials. There's no temptation or trial taking you, but such as is common to man. These are being experienced throughout our brethren. No, it's just some people cry and mourn and feel sorry for themselves and, and wallow in it day and night. And others saw the same thing, felt the same thing and said, we're well able to come out of this. We're coming out. Caleb said, let's go get it. I was there. I'm telling you, we can do it. We can do it right now. And the men that were with him, they said, Caleb, are you crazy? What do you mean? We are not able. Now, you can't get any more opposed. We're able. We're not. Let's do it. We can't. Part of the pastor's job is to get the congregation to stop saying, we can't. (laughs) Every traveling minister's job is to support this and minister this. Every missionary's job, come on now with me, is to turn that can't into can. Not able, well able. I can do all things through Christ. Who strengthens me. Come on say it out loud. I can. Do all things. Through Christ. Who strengthens me. I can learn anything I need to learn. I can develop in any skill I need to develop in. I can receive anything I need to receive. I can accomplish any project that we need to accomplish. I can do anything. We can do anything. We are well able. Well able. Not, not just barely able. Well Hey, somebody say well able. That's the phrase for tonight. Faith buddy code Monday night. How you doing? How you doing? I am well. Well, you think you're gonna make it through? No, I'm not just gonna make it through. I am well. No, no rake by, scrape by, maybe get by. Well able. Well able. They said, No, you're not. No, you're not. But we know from the rest of the story, even though they were ganged up on him, and there were only two guys out of these hundreds of thousands of people that said, we can do it. They did not let their unbelief contaminate their faith. And that wouldn't have been any any small thing, especially for the next 40 years. Other people's unbelief 
can't stop your faith. But if it has to do with the group at large, it can hinder and it can delay. But don't you ever turn loose of your faith because God will do it just for you. If he has to, it may take a little while, but he'll do it just for you. But I can see Joshua and Caleb. Year one, year two, year five. They only had one faith buddy. Each one of them, is that right? In the whole camp. So they stood across the fire. And he said, Caleb, tell me about when I'm going to get my land. I need to hear it today. Caleb said, man, you see that? did you see that mountain over there? Remember that stream came through there? Those big trees? I'm going to build me a house right there. I, I, I'm going to. Did you see that vineyard? It's already been developed. I think it must be 50 years old. That's my vineyard. You're going to come over to my house. Uh, we're going we're gonna to have a barbecue. Your kids, my kids. And they fed each other. And they helped each other. Through year two and five and ten. Come on y'all with me. And Eva, you know, you know that the end of it, after 40 years, when that entire generation had died out, and Caleb now is 80 years old, and he comes to Joshua, and he says, all right, they're gone. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> you know that mountain we've been talking about for 40 years? He said, I know your mountain, I know your mountain, Caleb. He said, that's my mountain. He said, I know I'm 80, but I want you to know I'm as good a man today as I was 40 years ago to go get that thing. How many of faith will surcharge you, supercharge you, I'm trying to say. Faith will quicken you and renew your youth. He said, I can do it. Joshua said, you go get it, boy. You go get it. Go get your mountain. And he did. He possessed that entire area and his family enjoyed it. For many years. Oh somebody say glory to God. Because he wouldn't turn loose. You reckon there were a lot of times he could have quit. A lot of times he could have got disgruntled. He could have he got bitter. At these other guys for. Holding them up so long. But that will mess your faith up. Faith isn't frustrated. Faith isn't depressed. If you're in faith. What you got to be depressed over. That's right. If you're in faith, what you got to be frustrated about? They said, we're not able. Even though Caleb said it with some punch and faith, they didn't receive it. And they brought up an evil report of the land. And they said, it's a land that eats up the inhabitants. That actually really angered the Lord. Because he told them it was a good land that would bless them. And he said they slandered the land and they despised his gift that he had personally picked out for them. It angered him. It would anger you too. Anger any reasonable person. They despised it and said, nah, nah. It ain't the land that flows with milk and honey. It's the land where you die. It's the land that eats you up and spits you out. And there's giants there. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. And that was not true. When they got there later, they found out they were scared of them. 
God had already prepared the way. Just like Caleb and Joshua said. They were speaking by the Spirit of God. When they said their defense is departed from them. They're bred for us. That's like us saying piece of cake. We can take this thing guys. Come on let's go. But they wouldn't listen. Unbelief was so prevalent. So pervasive. And sadly it is that way today. We like to think it's more abundant than it is. But uh, if you want to talk about faith like this. Okay people will say amen and shout. And yes brother Keith. But you actually launch a project. You actually start taking steps to do something in your personal life. Okay, you, you start you a business. Okay, you start a work. Okay, you take a step and walk your healing out. Okay, you take a step. And then ground, it's not ground school anymore. And you will be hit with all these negativisms. But by the grace of God, the greater ones inside of us. And we will not be like these guys. I and signing up with Caleb and, and Joshua. How about you? Having the same spirit. Bible says we got the same spirit. Same spirit. Just like they had. Stand on your feet if you would please. Oh somebody say glory to God. Thank you Father. Thank you Father. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.